Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Saludos, Senor Kissel. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you're doing as well as possible out there in these interesting, interesting times. Today, the word of the day is... Violence. Violence all around. You said the magic word. It is the magic word. We'll talk about what happened at the home of Nancy Pelosi. She was not home, but her husband was an 82-year-old man who was attacked by a dude named David DePepe. And nothing peppy about what happened there. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about some crony corrupt capitalism, a couple of companies not doing the right thing and hurting individuals Mm -hmm. to benefit their bottom line. But before we do that, November 8th, it's an election. It's the midterms. It's a massive time for this country. Can't wait to see what happens. Hopefully democracy wins. Some of the people trying to stop our democratic process are poll watchers. Now, these are not poll workers. These are individuals who have showed up at certain voting sites. They're wearing Kevlar vests. They have handguns. And in a bizarre, ironic twist, they are masked up. Of course, these people were quite angry (laughs) with the mask rules that were put in place during the pandemic. But now when it comes to undermining our democracy, Nothing wrong with a little mask. (laughs) Two people were armed with handguns and wearing tactical military gear. They were outside of a voting station. They were outside of a voting early drop box. Now, this was in Mesa, Arizona. These people obviously are attempting to uh, coerce and affect our democratic process. Of course, the irony here is these are the same people ranting and raving that our democracy and its voting systems are completely and utterly flawed. When in reality, they are doing exactly what they pretend to be stopping, which is committing an act of voter fraud. (laughs) You cannot, under any circumstance, interfere with someone's constitutional right to vote. Some groups have come against what they're seeing at polling stations in Arizona and in Michigan. For example, Marsha Johnson Blanco, uh, she is overseeing a election protection efforts for the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. They have seen at least three groups that have made baseless claims about widespread voter fraud. And in order to combat that, Mm. they're committing widespread voter fraud. 
Oh, wow. Imagine that. Imagine that. Isn't that that exciting? So I guess they're trying to deter someone from showing up. To vote. Yeah. No, but showing up with like a bag of ballots, like a Walmart bag full of ballots and just stuffing the box. Because they they believe in the voter harvesting um, rumors. I mean, these are lies that were put forth in the Dinesh D'Souza film, 2000 Mules, where they just show people dropping (laughs) off bags of ballots, but more often than not, the footage that they're using is family members dropping off other family members' votes, which is perfectly legal. So that's what ballot boxes are for. The man, he's still very upset for being incarcerated under the Obama justice system, mm. the uh, Justice Department. Dinesh has never said anything accurate in his entire life, and it starts <laughs> with the uh, lie that what he makes are documentaries. <laughs> right. Judging by how much I laugh while watching them, at best, they're mockumentaries. <laughs> but this is serious because it's not just coming from crazy, radical, fringe groups. One of the groups, again, these are individuals who are attempting to make people uncomfortable when voting. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. know they're targeting certain people that look a certain way that they believe are not going to be voting the way that they want. I guarantee you, if you go, you got your mega hat on, welcome through, which is probably just what you should wear if you do go voting just to be safe anyway. (laughs) Uh, So you don't get shot and killed by one of these rogue maniacs with a Kevlar vest and a handgun in tow. They're going to be hunting and looking for specific people and intimidating them not to vote. Wow. One effort is funded by Michael Flynn. Mm. Michael Flynn, speaking of hucksters, fraudsters, uh, we're going to be on fraudsters later on this week. Speaking of total and utter con men, Michael Mm -hmm. Flynn is one of them. He was Donald Trump's first national security advisor. Uh, he, He led Um, He was an army general in Iraq for 20 years to say that his legacy in the military is tarnished is a bit of an understatement. Mm. This man is leading an effort in voter intimidation. He has power. He's very close to the president. He was in the fricking white house as a national security advisor, and he's encouraging untrained volunteers to engage in this effort of voter intimidation it's so much worse than we can even imagine when you have someone with the level of credit in the intelligence community aiding and abetting when it comes to hindering our constitutional freedoms, specifically the most important, which is our ability to vote. It's insane that this is just happening right in front of our eyes. And to me, it's not getting nearly enough coverage. I I was about to say, I have literally, you right now talking about this is the first time I've ever heard about this. Michael Flynn's One More Mission? Is that what? That's crazy. It's insane, dude. This guy, if you've listened or watched some of the uh, the QAnon documentaries, uh, Vice did one that was fairly good. And there was another one on HBO that I thought was better. It's cult-like. The man pledging himself to Q. These are, this is... The deep state, this is the rogue state. And we'll talk a little bit uh, later on when it comes to what was going on in Portland with the protesters during the Mm. George Floyd murder uh, after Derek Chauvin kneeled on his neck for damn near 10 minutes and killed that man under the uh, poetic license of a badge. We'll talk about how powerful these entities are. And when it comes to Michael Flynn, one of the most powerful people worked closely with the a president of the United mm-hmm, States. Mm-hmm. And now he is the one behind at least one of the groups that's attempting to stop people from voting. It's insane. Right. And this is a page out of the book of also Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon is, is calling for people to watch mm-hmm. 
the polls become poll workers. You see a lot of these folks signing up to volunteer for these things. In addition to this rogue uh, vigilante uh, watching the ballot boxes all night. I mean, ballot boxes are known to be safe. In several states, Washington, yeah. Colorado, vote by mail. Um, there's always sheriff's deputies um, also to, to per county to watch over the boxes to make sure they're safe. So these guys don't even need to be doing any of this. No. But again, they're encouraged by your Michael Flynn's, your Steve Bannis, also mm-hmm. a page out of old Roger Stone's book. Back in mm-hmm. 2016, Roger was committed the first time he came up with Stop the Steal was 2016 when he thought Trump was going to lose then. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also had Trump supporters doing exit polling, quote unquote, their own exit polling, which of course means standing by the polls and uh, not just talking to people after they vote, but trying to intimidate them before they vote. Well, and of course, as we've learned in elections, uh, both in 2016, perhaps in 2020 and other elections in the past, post voting uh, polls are often skewed. It right. is human nature. You tend to approach people that kind of look similar to you. Right. So naturally, you're going to see some variation between the actual vote and the polling data, which feeds a lot of the conspiracy thought that the election went the other direction because mm-hmm. the polling data favors one side over another. But as people who have worked in uh, in polling, it is innately flawed. Right. And even the best of sample sizes, the best you can do is plus or minus three percentage points, which right. in an election can be a huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, three percentage points uh, in a political election can be millions of votes. So there's just so much misinformation. And these people that are going out there and hovering over these ballot boxes in an attempt to intimidate should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. What are they scared of? If you mm. think that you have a winning message, Shouldn't you feel okay right now? There's a coalition of some left-leaning groups called Election Defenders. It's been training volunteers in eight states on how to counter these efforts. So basically, we have a little jet, the jets and the sharks. I just remember going to vote with my mom. Like now it feels like it's a, yeah, I got to start snapping, dancing all weird, pledging to some. If you don't know how to dance fight, then you ain't ain't voting right. Then get out of here. Mm. So whatever happened to the days of going to vote with your grandma and be bored standing in line, I guess nowadays the child won't be bored. They'll be able to watch a bloodbath happen right in front of them. This logic is so flawed, too. Like if if I were this is this just a hypothetical, obviously, if I were Mm. going to put a bunch of fake ballots in a box, I would see these two dudes and just drive down to the box at the next UPS or whatever. Also, where are you getting the ballots? People don't vote in this country. The idea that too many people vote is one of the biggest lies we've ever heard. The vast majority of voter fraud that we hear, it's extremely finite, and it's one person, two people voting an extra time. Or accidentally. And also, my understanding, at least with the research of this show, we read the news constantly, most of them came from Trump support. Right. (laughs) Right. To prove that they could vote more than once or more than twice. Yeah, you're right. And then they got busted. (laughs) And then they get busted because you get in trouble. You can't do it. Exactly. It is interesting, too. You pointed out this is happening in Arizona and Michigan, at least in that article. That's what they were referencing. Yes. And what's happening in those two states that's different from some of the other states we're dealing with. You have active election deniers running for the highest offices there. You got Carrie Lake running for governor in Arizona and you got your Mark Fincham running there for secretary of state in Arizona. So not only are these people feeling entitled and encouraged, they're feeling empowered. 
by the fact that they're actually doing something to make sure their candidates win because their Absolutely. candidates are active election deniers and are basically saying this stuff's going to happen no matter what, right. especially if they happen to lose. Have a little confidence, would you? I mean, the Democrats are the worst, <laughs> right. but now the Republicans are picking up uh, what they're laying down and just feel like they've got to cheat to win. Like Eddie Guerrero, this is what oh. Attorney General Merrick Garland said. He says the Justice Department has an obligation to guarantee a free and fair vote by everyone who is qualified to vote and will not permit voters to be intimidated. There's been multiple lawsuits. The Arizona Alliance for Retired Americans and Vote Latino have both sued in federal court, arguing that the election denial group Clean Elections USA have encouraged people to uh, intimidate voters at drop boxes in Maricopa County. Maricopa County, you remember, with uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Mm -hmm. He was mm-hmm. the man who ran that town and did such a horrible job. He even became too racist for them. Wow, he which is the, remarkable. Yeah, he put the he put the prisoners in the pink outfits. Pink too, right? outfits. Yeah, yeah. He would chain women down who were giving birth because right. apparently they were a flight risk. Uh, he was it, cruel and unusual. Thy name is Sheriff Joe Arpaio, uh, one of the worst human beings of all time, and uh, Satan doesn't even want him. So he'll have purgatory. Well, he'll have to. Um, <laughs> I don't know, be edged by some Latino woman for all time. Unfortunately, Maricopa County is, you know, right at the border of Arizona. And so those people, when they see Im- immigrate, when they see immigrants, when they see refugees, mm-hmm. it, it's they it's they're taking my acreage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're passing through or they're look, people legit. It's they see it as they're taking my land. And um, it's mm-hmm. not the truth. But unfortunately, that's that's the viewpoint they have in that in well, those areas. Election deniers are practicing what they call, quote, tailgating, uh, because, again, Once democracy becomes um, cheered on like a sporting event, I suppose tailgating is the next thing to come as they eat their bratwurst, drink their beers, and intimidate the vote. (laughs) This is tailgating. It is tailgating. It's It's literally what they do. And I'm sorry, guys, just go back to watching football or, you know, you don't really tailgate at basketball games, but good freaking Lord. Uh, There's so it's clean elections, USA audit the vote. And the aforementioned Michael Flynn supported group, One More Mission. And of course, when it comes to One More Mission, we're not discussing feeding the homeless or helping people uh, who are suffering with the housing crisis. One More Mission is an act of war Mm -hmm. in the minds of Michael Flynn and many people who are supporting his ideas that the election was stolen and the only way to preserve the vote is to commit acts of voter intimidation. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Speaking of violence 
and intimidation. Let's talk about what happened to Paul Pelosi. So House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, her husband, Paul Pelosi, let's just say he's had a year. He's 82 years old. Earlier this year, he was busted for DUI. So, you know, he likes to have a good time. (laughs) Wow, that's impressive. This dude, David DePoppy, this 42-year-old dude, uh, he broke in to the Pelosi's home in San Francisco. He violently assaulted her husband with a hammer. This attack took place in front of law enforcement as well. The intruder, once in the home, started shouting, where's Nancy? Where is Nancy? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Not even in the fun Ronald Reagan way. No, he was. Where's where's Nancy? Are you my Nancy? And the nice thing is you could just say yes, and then you could have sex with Ronald Reagan. (laughs) How fantastic would that be? Paul Pelosi called 911 uh, without the attacker noticing, and the dispatcher was able to hear some background noise. Cops showed up at 2.30 in the morning. They found DePapi and Pelosi were both holding a hammer, struggling over it. DePapi wow. ended up pulling the hammer away from Pelosi and attacked the 82-year-old dude with it, who is now in the emergency room having what seems to be um, brain surgery. Uh, oh, Paul no. Pelosi suffered a fractured skull, serious injuries to his right arm and hands. This reminds me of the beginning of the Batman. City is eating itself. <sighs> this is the opening scene with the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Oh this is gosh. when the Riddler hunts down the man who is running for mayor and right. beats him up with a uh, with a with a carpet tool. In this mm-hmm. case, of course, it was a hammer. And this is why when we have people like Michael Flynn supporting election deniers and supporting people who don't believe in our free and fair democratic process, it leads to acts like this. Violence mm-hmm. on uh, across the political spectrum has happened. Steve mm-hmm. Scalise was shot as well. These right. things are occurring more and more. This is alarming simply because it takes place in the sanctity of somebody's home. Mm-hmm. And again, you know us. It's, we're not going to sit here and rant and rave over the wonderful policies of the Pelosi's. Right. <laughs> but this is not how you get political action Absolutely done. Absolutely not. This is horrific. It sends a chilling effect across our democratic process. And I can't, I'm just surprised they didn't have security. I mean, right. the, right. the, the, the Nancy was there on January 6th. They active people were actively Got threatening to, to kill her. Right. Along with Mike Pence and so on and so forth. So I don't know. What do you guys, when you wake up and you hear this news, we can't think this is normal, right? Oh God, no. This is not normal. This is far and beyond. I mean, it is an extension. Again, like you said, the word of the day is violence. And it's coming down to people who want to vote. And now it's coming to the homes of elected officials. I mean, we've been kind of trending in this direction uh, Mm -hmm. for the last few years. And of course, don't forget who egged everyone on to do violence against Nancy Pelosi in the first place on January 6th. Mm -hmm. It all starts not just with Mr. Trump, but it trickles on down from there. And this is what we get. I don't know how this guy got into the Pelosi home with a hammer. Um, I'm obviously, I, I hope, Mr. Pelosi uh, gets well soon. I mean, a fractured skull at 82 years old. Yeah, it's no joke. Right. That's no joke. Um, that being said, at this point, you got to think maybe the Pelosi's are going to start investing in some hammer stocks. Thank you very much. You never know what's going to happen and where there's money, they will be found. However, again, this is not the way to deal with political grievance. It's expected, don't you think, though? I mean, Senator Susan Collins, we talked about it at the beginning of this month. Remember? Violence, right. violent yeah, threats. Come for us. Yeah, go and, me. <laughs> so they know it. They see it. 
unfortunately, this is this is to be expected. And we did hear from uh, Samuel Alito, of course, the Supreme Court justice, who said that their lives have been threatened. There's a lot of threats going around. And again, this is why we can't undermine our voting process, because if no one believes in the vote, Mm. the only other action is violence in the minds of these people. Anyway, we have to get these people out of office the right way. It takes a little bit more time, but that's the only possible way to do it. This is not right. And naturally, it will backfire. And if you're the Republicans, I can't imagine today's a great day. Mm-mm. This has to be for the midterms coming around the corner. You're looking at one, you know, Dr. Oz called Fetterman extreme a thousand times, which he's not. <sighs> this is extreme. <clears throat> this. And I can't imagine it's going to help the GOP with any rational American. Unless, of course, they're simply able to separate the two, continue on with uh, their beliefs that the Democrats are bringing socialism, and they're all gay. <laughs> so according to Mike Pence, speaking of uh, the uh, the latter, uh, he says, this is an outrage, and our hearts are with the entire Pelosi family. We pray Paul will make a full recovery. He says, there can be no tolerance for violence against public officials or their families. This man should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Again, Mike Pence, world's smallest violin for that man, a man who carried Donald Trump's water for as long as he possibly needed to for political gain. And then as soon as Trump supporters <laughs> threatened to lynch him, he did say, I've had enough, which is well, more we can say about Ted Cruz <laughs> and Lindsey Graham. Well, you know, there's right. that clip of uh, Pelosi talking to Pence in the middle of the, yes. the insurrection, you know, so right. obviously they care about each other. These are two people that work with each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you know, po- politics, like politics aside. It's obvious that it's like it's two people that just care about each other and work with each other. Absolutely. And it has led to some interesting political bedfellows. Again, Pence and Pelosi and now former Republican Representative Liz Cheney, again, the daughter of a war criminal. (laughs) She has decided to endorse her first Democrat, uh, this gal, Elisa Slotkin, who is running against a uh, election denier. If I'm Elisa, it's kind of like one of those things where. Thank you. But also, is this (laughs) going to move the needle in the positive direction for me? Don't worry, everyone. I got the failed senator from Wyoming who's the daughter of a war criminal, Liz Cheney. Remember when her dad signed the uh, signed the gallon of water because he was so proud of waterboarding all those people? Anyway, she supports me now. Yay. But the point is, things are separating on the lo- the binary line now of election believers and election deniers, and mm-hmm. it seems to be uh, overshadowing at the least at least in the case of Pence and Pelosi and Cheney and Slotkin political party, which I think is an interesting thing. And you do wonder if that's going to end up being after the midterms if we find out the idea uh, that we have free and fair elections. If that idea, yay or nay, is really what people are voting on. And if that issue ends up being more powerful than worth even, you know, debating and talking because it's a little bit more abstract. It's not necessarily something that, you know, you write in legislation. Right. Right. Yeah. We've basically got pro-democracy folks and anti-democracy folks lining up on either side. I mean, Tucker Carlson is already prepping a lot of his viewers for if Democrats win. That it's not real. 
I mean, right. he's already prepping um, a- all of his viewers for that scenario. Um, and, you know, it's not just Liz Cheney's. I mean, I know in Ohio, um, we've got Senator Rob Portman, who's a Republican, and he's uh, he's he's pulling a Jeff Flake. He's getting out <laughs> while he still can. I, that is such a it's such a pussy move to me. Oh, pussies are strong. They can take a pounding. Sure. I'm just saying it in the way that I'm saying it. <laughs> Right. I hate when they're like, we're going to lose. We better just not run. No, go lose. Ugh. Go be yeah. at the very least. Have some balls and go lose and stand up for yourself. Liz Cheney had balls and and went ahead and faced off against a, you know, a mega person in Wyoming, who's the most mega mega place you can get. Um, no way. Not Wyoming. In. Not the home of ye. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe it or not, Wyoming people have fun beliefs. But again, um, <laughs> It just comes down to this fact that uh, that yeah you got your Liz Cheney's and your some Republicans who are lining up behind Democrats. Uh, the example I was going to give is with Rob Portman. Rob Portman mm-hmm. has endorsed JD Vance in that Senate race because he has to. But Rob Portman's chief of staff just wrote an editorial endorsing Tim Ryan, the mm. Democrat, and the title of the editorial was "A Republic If You Can Keep It." And that's really I think what a lot of um, principled Republicans are are looking at and why they're stepping forward to endorse Democrats. Liz Cheney said, I'm proud to endorse Elisa Slotkin serving together on the Armed Services Committee. I have come to know Elisa as a good and honorable public servant who works hard for the people she represents, wants what's best for the country and is in this for the right reasons. Well, Elisa and I have our policy disagreements at a time when our nation is facing threats at home and abroad. We need serious, responsible, substantive members like Elisa. In Congress, Elisa is running in the seventh district. Um, so that is interesting, bedfellows, as always. And you're right, Travis. We might see this happen more uh-huh. as uh, you know the Carry Lakes of the world have really taken over the Republican Party. Yeah, I'm in alignment with Travis. I mean, it's it's I, it is Liz Cheney. And her father is who he is, but she is still doing it. You know, sometimes it's what you're doing right now mm-hmm. that really is making the difference in what matters. And, you know, she's she's voting Democrat. She's supporting a Democrat. She's going against the grain of the Republican, which right now is a murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just, you know, again, this is not uh, an endorsement of the Democratic Party as a whole. It's simply on this issue. Uh, it's one party is actively reassuring people who are unhinged that they're right mm-hmm. and the other party isn't. Right. This is just it, this is right. on this single issue. Right. The Republican brand, I think, is just way out of line. And I don't think it's in lockstep with mainstream American thinking. I really don't. Right. It's fringe. It's fringe at the best, which, of course, is why the Democratic Party will see if it works out. I'm very concerned about having all of that money that they gave to people like Carrie Lake, <sighs> right, to right. the Secretary of right. State. 44 uh, million. 44 million to the uh, people who were running for Secretary of State because they thought that they might be seen as too extreme. Right. But as we know, once you put the frog in water and you slowly turn it up, the frog just chills out. And I feel like we're a bunch of toads boiling right now. <laughs> mm. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.
Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Well, speaking of violence, uh, January 6th, we have a rioter who uh, he was sentenced to 90 months in prison. That is the second longest sentence. Uh, this was one of the dudes who beat up Metropolitan Police Officer Michael Fanone, uh, who's been all over the place. He's been on a lot of the, tel- a lot of the news and he's wrote, wrote op-eds. Uh, believe it or not, he's pretty pissed off because he got his <laughs> yeah. freaking ass kicked uh-huh. trying to do his job and didn't have any security or any help as he was getting pummeled and tased and dragged, uh, robbed of his badge and radio, the dude Albuquerque Cosper Head, I believe that's his name, uh, he shouted, I got one, uh, of course, referring to Officer Fanon. Head engaged in a prolonged confrontation with police in the Capitol's Lower West Terrace Tunnel. So anyway, he's got 90 months in jail. But let's talk a little bit Because when we talk about the right right now, defund the FBI. (laughs) They're the ones, ironically, again, that want to defund the police. Under Donald Trump, one of the biggest lies that we were told was he's confronting the deep state. He's Q. He is the deep state. If we want to use that terminology, which I already think is so cliche and stupid. And Sean Hannity used it for branding reasons because his audience is a bunch of morons. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security officials under President Trump compiled an intelligence dossier on people uh, who were at the Black Lives Matter protests in Portland, Oregon. 76-page report by the DHS as they monitored people who were protesting. Now, most of the protesting that we all saw was actually peaceful. Now, the protesting that, of course, television news networks Mm -hmm. would like us to only see were the random acts of violence. And again, violence is never good, but let's not forget what happened, who engaged who. Specifically, let's take a look at what happened when Donald Trump went to go hold the Bible all all wrong outside of, uh, what was it, St. John's Church or something Mm -hmm. like that in Washington, D.C. Peaceful protest. I believe it was 8 p.m. when William Barr said, cut it off, even though there is no constitutional time limit. He watched (laughs) as the goon squad came Mm -hmm. from the White House. Nowhere to be found on January 6th, but they were there that day. He watched as the goon squad began to tear gas protesters, mm-hmm. began uh, the use of rubber bullets, air quotes, non-lethal weaponry. Right. You get beamed in the frickin' head with a potato, you're going to die. Blind these, these cause blinding injuries. These cause major injuries. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we know for a fact that the escalation of violence was coming from the militarized police forces all across this country. And obviously, again, acts of violence in any way are not appropriate. Nonetheless, the DHS, no concern with why the violence was occurring. They decided to simply open an investigation, write a 76-page report on protesters who were arrested for trivial criminal infractions and having little to no connection to domestic terrorism. I have a feeling they were missing the big elephant in the room when it comes to domestic acts of terrorism. (laughs) They definitely weren't looking at the people that they should have been looking at 
which were members of their own rank mm-hmm. and file, mm-hmm. and also these individuals who were in these places causing pure and utter chaos. I know in Minneapolis, for example, a lot of folks from outside, a lot of different communities from outside came to the city mm-hmm. and caused a lot of havoc. Right. And again, the people who bore the brunt of the responsibility was people with Black Lives Matter. And of course, that was not uh, the appropriate conclusion because it was pure and utter chaos on so many levels. And again, the ramp up of violence, the way that the police handled themselves in mm-hmm. these situations, mm-hmm. I thought they didn't do a good job of of calming the crowds whatsoever. Also, look at Umbrella Man. That's not even a conspiracy theory. That was an undercover police officer. Right, right. Began shattering the windows at the auto parts store. Mm-hmm. Right. The amount of just strange um, psyop that was occurring during those protests. And now we know the DHS straight out of old Hoover's book has a 76 page report. None to be found, however, on the people who are currently again working to destabilize the vote in this country. And not to be a conspiracy theorist, but this isn't the first time that the government has done this. Every, no, they do know, it all. This uh, is yeah. COINTELPRO 2.0. Literally. Right. So. It's the 1960s all over again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is according to Wyden, Ron Wyden. He's a Democrat out of Oregon. Uh, mm, this is what he, this is what he said. He says uh, what they compiled was, quote, it included lists of friends and family and social media associates for people who post no threat to Homeland Security. He says political DHS officials spied on Oregonians for exercising their First Amendment right to protest and justified it with baseless conspiracy theories. So there you go. That's coming from Ron Wyden, a Democrat out of Oregon. And it's just so ironic that the Laura Ingrams of the world talk about being persecuted. (laughs) All we did was try to storm the government. All we did was try to hang the vice, former vice president and kill Nancy Pelosi. And they're coming after us. Meanwhile, people were exercising their constitutional right. And there's a 76 page dossier on it. Yeah. And don't forget, uh, speaking of Laura Ingram, Ted Cruz and that type of ilk, they were trying to say that it was deep state agents who stoked the violence on January 6th. Uh-huh, right. Remember, they had that whole thing right. about a guy they said was an FBI agent. Ted Cruz was actively putting the videos out there and even asking people, FBI officials about it in committee meetings. Turns out none of it was true. But I have it. My alarm clock is just Ted Cruz getting yelled at in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> fuck you! you fuck I'll you, you racist! That, I'll watch that video over and over. He's <laughs> such okay. a... I was talking with Cena Gosnavi today. He's such a cuck. We talked about it in the last episode. <laughs> he loved it. Uh, yeah. He, he probably was, got hard. He, yeah, owning these libs. Look how mad they are. Oh, yeah, those Yankee fans. All those New York libs <laughs> that go to Yankees games. <laughs> All right. Well, just uh, lastly, let's talk about some corrupt corny. Corny. I wish it was corny. There's nothing funny about this. It's corn. Isn't it a big corn? It's a big corn. A bunch of knobs. Uh, we are the knobs, according to large corporations, specifically a property insurance company in Florida. They canceled a Florida couple's policy the night before Ugh. Hurricane Ian hit. Isn't that nice? Oh. That's so awesome. In no way should that be illegal. Anyway, uh, the company was called Frontline. Because, oh, frontline Insurance. We yeah, Frontline them. Insurance, because when you're on the front lines of a hurricane, we, we leave. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so this poor woman, she uh, got a call from Frontline. Hurricane Ian is literally about to hit. Uh, she said she was white as a ghost. Uh, 
We just, she says, we just got canceled by Frontline. The notice of cancellation was effective October 22nd, 2022. It was the second time this year that their policy had been canceled. She says, tell me why I was canceled. They say FEMA changed its flood maps, meaning that the flood insurance costs went up along with his premium. He called Florida's insurance market out of control. So basically, they couldn't pay the premium because FEMA redistricted their flood maps, Mm. uh, which that would have been nice if Ron DeSantis stopped that from happening. But I suppose he didn't care about that government overreach. So Mm. she was one of more than 68,000 Floridians canceled by FedNAP in May. Wow. Talk about soulless. How could some company Look at what's about to hit in Hurricane Ian, which was so horrible. It was one of the worst storms in Florida history. The night before and call and cancel it. 68,000 people. Wow. It's unbelievable. Uh, he said they just they can't just cancel our policy the night before a hurricane is going to make landfall. But they can. And they did. And again, this is why we need consumer protections in this country. Things mm-hmm. that Ralph Nader fought for. Because when you see something as outrageous as this, you just have to do something. It can't be legal. These corporate overlords don't give a fuck about us. You're simply a rounding error. And they don't take anything into account. I mean, it reminds me of what happened at the candle factory during the uh, tornadoes and hurricanes, Mm -hmm. or during the tornadoes, rather, as people were told to stay in and uh, do their job. Also, it reminds me of the other company we covered. I believe that was also in Florida where they said, don't worry about Hurricane Ian. Bring your dog right, to right, work. Right, right, like, right. That's right. the effing answer. <laughs> right. That was the uh, the card company. I yes, the postcard company. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah, I'll- you would think, especially for Florida companies, there would be a little more heart and soul, maybe some pride in your state maybe. and the people who live there. I mean, also, this company must just have it on lock. It's got to be the there's no competition, I'm sure, Mm. Uh, because if there is, I wouldn't be going back to them. Sixty eight thousand people out of insurance, which I don't even fully understand. You know, it's a money grab in itself. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So uh, you would think that we could have a safety net that uh, is actually a safety net as opposed to something that can be cut like it's a goddamn red ribbon outside of the most recent opening of an Applebee's speaking of uh, corrupt corporation shell. So as you know, gas prices are up. OPEC did not help Biden whatsoever. It has been a blemish on his entire administration. Well, when it comes to profits, don't worry. Shell's doing just fine. Shell reported its third quarter profit was near a record 9.45 billion as it sharply boosted its dividends by 15% and announced plans to buy $4 billion more of stock over the next three months, literally investing in itself Yay. as we are wow. suffering at the pump. It's just, this is why, again, when people see these stories, capitalism in its true form, competition, um, allowing everybody an opportunity to succeed, this is not that. Mm-mm. This right. is Shell knowing that they have us over a barrel right. of oil, and they're butt fucking us and making profits and laughing in our faces as these CEOs brag about how great inflation is mm-hmm. for their bottom line. And we're just supposed to sit here and thank them for for what? I mean, it's just disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. It's crony capitalism or crapitalism, as Boom. we like to call it on this show. Nailed it. And 
You know, Bernie and Sherrod Brown and Democrat senators have been calling this out for the last few months that the high gas prices are sure obviously impacted by the war in Ukraine and the uh-huh. the reduction of Russian oil uh, flowing to America. And but to also, Ru- Russia is mostly nat- mostly natural gas, isn't mm-hmm. it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. I mean, it's it's a small, very small part of uh, what America consumes gas wise. I mean, yes. and we've obviously opened up all of our own reserves. Uh, Joe Biden's been very big on that. But one phone call that Joe Biden should have made it wasn't to Russia or to OPEC. It should have been just to these oil company executives mm. because that is where the debauchery has been happening. They yeah. are taking advantage of the news and the situations Ugh, abroad. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember I sent you guys that article. The Intercept was talking about how MBS in Saudi Arabia was actually trying to keep oil expensive as well because he wanted it to be bad for the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't want the Democrats to win the midterms and he doesn't want the Democrats to return to the White House in 2024. Hmm, but you got to think. So MBS has something in common almost with these American oil executives. Sure, they're international companies, well, but these are, you well, know, these are companies that are doing business in America every day. And let's not forget the NRA has been funded by Russia, which then uh, gives the NRA then gives that money to the vast majority of the Republicans. So it is. Why do the Republicans support? Shadow support, mm. you know, MBS, Saudi Arabia and the Russians because they know where their bread is buttered. Well, speaking of CEOs, just lastly, Elon Musk has formally took over Twitter. I don't know. OK, he's firing a wow. bunch of execs, world's smallest <laughs> violin for them. This one uh, chick, uh, Parag Argarol, she got 42 million bucks to yeah, not like, have to work. I'm if like, you fire me and give me 42, I'll be fine. Great. No problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so he just allows them to go on vacation. It's not like Jack. Was it Jack Dorsey? Yeah, Dorsey. He's just another billionaire asshole. Mm-hmm. If anything, it should just remind us to the town square that is Twitter is right. horseshit and I don't know. What do you guys think? Does this does, Trump might get back on Trump? Says he's he gonna already let Kanye back. He's going to let Trump back. back so yeah. he can sound like more of a fucking asshole. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what I'm like. So new. Get off of the shit. I hate it. I really hate it. But, you know, it's it's a it's it's an easy way to read a lot of news and get information. But you From just have to, you have to sort. But you have to sort. It's like sorting through through piles of shit yeah. to find little kernels of corn. Exactly. <laughs> little yeah. knobs. Well, I mean, I'm wearing my Columbia Journalism School hat. The whole reason I got on Twitter in the first place is because that's what they made us do on week one at Columbia Journalism School. That is where a lot of news gets broken by journalists. You know, in terms of uh, the 24-hour news cycle, what's faster than a journalist who has a scoop and you tweet it out to your followers and then it's out there in the world? I wonder how that's going to be impacted by Elon Musk. You know, an actual uh, legitimate tool that Twitter is good for is Journalists, real journalists, not fake news, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. breaking real news. And now I wonder how they're going to be impacted by Elon Musk. If Elon Musk is starting to, you know, crack down on on whatever, like we talked about months ago when this came up. Can't you just Google political, look at New York Times. But but Twitter's so much faster. And Twitter's so much faster. You're getting it directly from the reporter, you know, uh, uh, whether it's sports, whether it's politics. All of these things break on Twitter first, and then you read the article. If anything, Twitter gives you the link to the article. You have to wonder if if first and fast means true. It doesn't. And the the issue with with Twitter is that there's no paywall. 
and, you know, Washington Post or maybe some more left leaning information sources do have paywalls and Twitter so doesn't. The one person behind uh, the ban of uh, of uh, Donald Trump, uh, this guy Siegel, he, he was fired, but uh, he only got twenty five million. So oh. it's going to be hard. It's just going to be really difficult for them. And my, my heart, it's, my heart goes out to all of those executives. Really, really hmm. tough. He's going to downgrade his mansion. Poor guy. Oh, he's <laughs> not going to now with what you downgraded 25 million. What was he making before? If that's his severance, he must've been making more than that. Yeah. I guess doing pretty good. Well, and I remember when we talked about this months and months ago, the danger of Elon getting hold of an apparatus like Twitter is he's going to start as we know, because he's blocked people on Twitter that he doesn't like and that he doesn't agree with, the question now becomes, is this really a step in the direction of free speech, quote unquote, as a lot of the Republicans who are hailing this are claiming? And I don't know, because Elon Musk also has a snowflake part of his brain where yeah, he'll just block you or shut you down. Well, I want to I do want to give people advice. If you want to stay on Twitter, but you don't want to support Elon, what you can do is literally block all ads. Any ad you see on there? Click on the top right, say stop seeing this ad. That way they generate no ad revenue from your views on Twitter. All right. Well, also, or, or you can do a bended and forget your password and then uh, you don't log in. <laughs> that's another approach to it. Uh, Elon has, has said he wants to fire 75% of the workforce. And to anyone who's working there that's actually in need of the job, that's not going to be one of these executives. Mm -hmm. Our hearts go out to them because that's, you know, right. middle class workers, I'm sure, right. also exist at Twitter. Um, so it's a gutting and it's another reminder that corporations do not care about you. I don't give a fuck about these executives, but I'm sure there's some janitor out there right now who's shaking right. in his boots. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later on Ooh, next week. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, my God. The election's coming, boys. Oh, God. That's the real spooky season. Have a great Halloween, everyone. <laughs> Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.